0: The Euro Trips football podcast. It's time for another Premier League teams season preview, and this time it's a turn of Manchester United. Now, with me, I've got a first time guest on the podcast, a guy you well know, may well know from Talk Sport. With me today is Talk Sports Tony Afoki. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, good to have you on. Not looking forward to this episode in particular. Uh, never like talking about you too much, but it's got to be done, and um, it's good to have you on. Oh, thanks for having me on, I'm excited to talk to Man United. So, as we do with all of our first-timers to any of our podcasts, whether it's our Eurotris podcast or whether it's our sister podcast, the Across the Pod podcast, I always try to find out from fans why they choose certain teams. So for you, Tony, why Manchester United? It's
1: um, so my family, my whole family support United. My dad was a born and bred Manchester lad, so he took me to Old Trafford as a kid. So at least I'm one of them London-born United fans would make an excuse that, like, I support my dad's team because he's from Manchester and he took me to Old Trafford and I've just been able to spin my club ever since.
0: I share a similar sentiment in the fact that I'm also a well Liverpool fan, but I've got family from the world, so it's a case where if ever anyone, you know, mentions that to me, I always go, yeah, but I always mention that story basically to them. Like my grandparents met and got engaged there and stuff like that, and my great-granddad, so the ones that met, they were, um, he played two reserve games for Everton back in the day, so... Like you, I know we are we sort of sometimes are a bit give and stick for it, but I think we and you've both got that excuse that we can always show shover people when when needs be. Mm, exactly. So for you, Tony, um, first of all, who'd you say since being a fan has been your favourite ever Manchester United player?
1: Oh, um if I'm looking at longevity and from where I grew up and watching them, it might have to be Wayne Rooney. Like I saw him, I saw we, I saw when we signed him as a youngster, and then I saw him break all the records, win everything there is to win with United. So if I think about everything and all my joys of Man United, Ray Rooney was a part of all, every single one of them, and for me, like one of the best players I've ever seen play for them in person as well. So yeah, I would definitely say Ray Rooney.
0: And of course, one of the greatest ever Premier League goals as well. If you look at his City overhead kick, by far one of the best ever. For the importance of the game, but also for the category it was, um, yeah, one of the more iconic and the commentary, of course, helped as well. Um, and then finally, your favorite ever Manchester United memory as a fan? Oh, uh,
1: Champions League final, maybe. Oh, awesome. yeah, 08 final. Yeah, I remember just watching that game, I remember just it going to penalties and just being so nervous, but then just winning it and watching my team in the Champions League because I always. Like Obviously, we won it in 99, but I was probably too young to remember that. So watching it, watching us do it, win it in 08 was amazing. It was great and something that I'll never forget.
0: I can imagine. I mean, my brother is sadly also a Man U fan, which broke my dad's heart. And I remember he was, I think I will say he was maybe five, no, when he was, he was born, 92. So they'd be about seven or eight when they won 99. So a bit too young for that one. But then obviously, fast forward to 2008, Back then he'd have been in year 10 to about 15-16 when they won the Champions League. And yeah, I remember just his reaction was just, was just, was, just was just impressive. But um yeah, obviously I, I was I was cheering on Chelsea, but um, yeah, right. it not, nice to see him happy in some way, even if it, it was that. Um right, going on to the current summer window. Of course, you're back in the Champions League after a third place finish, and then your main ins include Mason Mount, um, for an und- undisclosed fee. Um, Andrea Nani for an undisclosed fee as well, uh, the goalkeeper to replace David de Gea. I say about 45 to 50 million, I think it is. And then Rasmus Hoyden came in for 72 million pounds at Atlanta. No one, I suppose, everyone. Johnny Evans comes in on a on a free. And then out, I mentioned him then David de Gea, a long time servant at the club. He's gone. Other ones like youngsters such as um, you know uh, Chong and Zidane Iqbal uh, obviously Alex Teller's left. Uh, Charlie Savage has left. And then Anthony Langer. Um and also loaning out Will Fish to Hibernian, one of the more better transfer announce- announcements on social media this summer. Um overall <laughs> for you, Tony, um your thoughts overall on the internet for Manu?
1: Um, I'm happy so far. I feel like May U have still got some ins and outs to go from what I know. Of, I feel like the next outs will be the likes of maybe Donny Van der Bake, uh, Fred. Um, Harry Maguire and Scott McTominay I feel like those are the players that will are set to leave and then um, going in we're looking at either Sofri and Amrabat and um, Jean-Claire Debo. so if I'm thinking if we get those players in I feel like this will be a really good transfer window for United, not because of the player personnel, I'm not too fond on every single part of the player personnel but one thing I can say is that you uh, from last season we've addressed three big needs from last season I keep talking about needs I remember obviously on your sister pod I spoke about the Broncos and how they addressed their needs and United kind of did, did the same we addressed our needs with David De Gea he, he needed to go and we finally got that sorted and we brought in a really good keeper in Andre Arnana as well which will allow us to help play from the back and, and he will help break lines and not just kick the ball out of play when it's gone to his feet um, next needed that we uh, filled was with Mason Mount. We did need another midfielder because Ericsson was just a ghost on de- defensively, basically. I'm not Mason Mount's biggest fan, so I'm not going to um, and lie and say that I was happy about the signing. But one thing he does, I feel like out of possession is... He will help us defensively really well. and going forward as well. Tony hard did say he wanted to be uh, the best transition team in the world. So I feel like one thing that Mason Mount can improve on and he can excel at is him being on the transition and counter-pressing. So we've sorted out that need. And last but not least, we finally have a striker. We finally have a striker. And this is the first time we've signed a striker over the age of 30 in God knows how long, maybe. I'm not going to say Martial because we didn't buy Martial as a striker. Um, maybe Van Persie, but he was 29 so it doesn't really count. So other than that, Lukaku we signed in uh, 2018 or 2017, but that doesn't really count. But other than Lukaku, let's say that's the first time we signed as a striker, the first time we signed a young striker in years, a young striker that, we, that has a lot of potential that we can build. And one thing Man United didn't do last season, we created a lot of chances, but we just didn't score. We scored the lowest out of the uh, top six, so we do need to start scoring more goals. And I feel like Rasmus Hoyland, even though people look at his goal record and say, okay, 32 appearances, nine goals in Serie a, you're paying uh, 64 plus add ons for him, is not great. But, um, if you look at minutes to goal ratio, it's kind of like 20 starts and then 12 sub appearances. So, for nine goals for 20 starts for like a 20 year old, isn't too bad. He's going to be playing in a, a better team, he's going to be playing in players that are going to look for him. He's got the pace and power to run it behind So I do expect him to add to our tally He could be conscious, rely on Rashford scoring So I'm looking at all those ins and outs if we get another defensive mid to be like an understudy to Casemiro, and if we sell Maguire and buy, I think we need another centre-back. If we sort that out, I feel like that will be a very good window for United because we got rid of a lot of the players that are not in so hart's plans and we've added some more. So I feel like and every player can come in with a job and a task to do, which and everyone's bought for a reason. We just haven't bought this player because they're on the market. So if I'm looking at that and hopefully that comes to fruition in the next couple of weeks, I'll be really happy with, the transfer, with our transfer window.
0: Do you worry a little bit about Hoyland, the service he'll get? Because um, obviously we saw, albeit a far less of a strike there without vehicles, but in terms of watching, albeit watching only really on YouTube highlights, one of his strengths seems to be in the air. And do you worry mm. a little bit about the fact that he paid all his money? I know he's a future prospect, but the fact that who's going to be giving the balls? Because um, obviously Anthony and Sancho and Wanted haven't really delivered yet. And then Rashford obviously is great, but he's... No more for being a finisher and more than someone who's going to cross the ball and and give service. So does that worry you at all, the fact that he may well initially have those issues when it comes to um, scoring goals? Or does that not really worry you too much? I...
1: there's not going to worry me one bit because I don't think he's actually that good in the air I feel like he's kind of misprofiled because he's a six foot three Scandinavian like we think he's he's good in the air I feel like he can improve in the air much better I don't think any 20 year old striker is even good in the air I don't like Ronaldo was one of the best he wasn't a striker but he was very good in the air later on in his career and he didn't start scoring goals with his head later on into his career Rashford's got better in the air recently Rooney wasn't good in the air at 20 so I'm not really concerned about him being good in the air I think one thing that he utilises and has is pace. And for a six-foot-three-year-old Scandinavian, you wouldn't really expect it. So he does have a lot of pace, and I feel like he can run in behind. And I don't think he's just like that target man type of striker. I feel like he's actually quite good on the ball as well. So we can strike, we can mould him. I think Ten Hag's going to mould him to the striker he wants. Because I remember when Ten Hag... Um, his striker that he had, obviously there was a time he was playing Dusan Tadic, false nine, but when he finally got a striker, it was Sebastian Haller, which is obviously like a six-foot-three striker, and Haller was scoring a ridiculous goal on the 10-hard. So I feel like 10-hard kind of likes that mould of striker, of a six-foot-three strong, but not just a target man, someone that can play with the ball, someone that can run in behind as well, someone that can do it all. So I feel like that's with Rasmus Hoyland. When it, when it comes to like delivery-wise, I feel like he will be okay because obviously we've got Bruno Fernandez. and he if for people that like stats had the most big chance created last season in the Premier League, but well, only thing is we just didn't score a lot. So I feel like Rasmus Hoy and the way he is, and we actually have a striker now on the pitch. I feel like a lot of the chances that goes begging, a lot of the cutbacks that no one's running in the back post for, those will be sorted now because that's not the type of players we have. Anthony, you never really see him running behind, Sancho, you never see him running behind, and Rashford was the one scoring. So I thought that now we can, we have that run or we have that someone that's going to like break their nose to score we kinda of have that type of profile so that's good in that sense. So I feel like he won't be um
0: I won't worry for him scoring goals. And then going on to um are the other transfers like Anana and Mount now you played recently in preseason. Um Inanna was lobbed for a goal and Mason Mount um missed a very comical uh, open goal. Does that any of that worry you or do you think this is just the preseason nonsense that goes on on social media these days—a
1: uh, bit of both Pre-season nonsense—but I'd rather it happen in preseason. I'd rather that happen in preseason now than in the Premier League when I mean, we needed a three point So I'm glad it happened because it happens. Everyone's everyone's human in football football. So I feel like I'm glad that's happened now. Get that over and sorted. And with the Onana thing, that happens. It happens with keepers. I've seen it with Edison so many times. I've seen, I haven't seen it with Edison to be fair, but, but Addison, I've seen Edison make mistakes, but I haven't seen Edison get chipped like that. I've seen it with Edison. I've seen it with other keepers. I remember Chay Adams done it said to City, um, I think, was it this season or last season? Something like that. I've seen McTominay um, chip Edison as well. Put it in from far, so that happens when you play that type of keeper. But I'm glad it's happened now, and it was kind of it wasn't even O'Neill's fault to be fair. It was Dallas' fault. He it was a simple ball he had to play to the centre back, and he misplaced it. And very good shot by the Lons, keep, uh, Lons player to do it. So I'm not too worried about that. I'm rather that happened now than later on in the season when you when you need the points. And with Mount as well, I think Mount just needs to find his feet. He just needs to gel with the team and just stuff like that. Oh, that's a mistake, Well get it over and done now get it over and done
0: with now rather than in the season, I guess, with all these mistakes in pre-season. I agree. I actually think Mount is going to be a good signing for you. because I think people look at the price tag, but these days, most players go for big fees this days, so you can't really focus on that. That's the way football's gone. It's the big fees everywhere. I the in the day, I think that people look at last season, that everyone forgets how good he was for a few years before that, especially the year they won the Champions League, just how good he was. That ball he played to have it to the final wasn't the man you need really? So I think, why did they get him at his best? I think it's it's a great signing, and I think that people are, I think slightly, I won't say underplaying, but maybe people are are maybe there's a lot of disrespect going on with Mason Mount, and I think people are forgetting just how good a footballer he is, and I think that you can't really base someone's sort of talent just one bad season, and I think that it's really, I think having him there alongside Bruno Fernandez and Casemiro, I think I think he's going to do. I think maybe the best of the maybe Anano's are the best, but I think he'll certainly be one of the best um signings of the of the whole Premier League season. I think that people are are criticising him way too much, I think, on Twitter. So yeah, I whilst I don't hope he does well, um, I, I do hope in some way he does sign some critics. I think he's got a lot of unfair stick. Now, one of Manu's Manu had one of the best home forms last season. One of the main reasons why De Gea you know, had the clean sheet record last year, but the away form was Questionable now, and that obviously highlight ones include the 4 0 loss to Brentford and the 7 0 loss to Liverpool. Um, can you see them improving on this season because that was their biggest weakness, their waveform? And I think that if their waveform was better, they probably would have been a bigger challenge to City and Arsenal. So, can you see the team improving that away this season?
1: Yeah, I can. Um, I feel like the I feel like we won at home, because of, I used to call it Old Trafford Juice, but I feel like we won at, all, um, at home, because we just had the crowd behind us, but one thing you're right, we need to do improve our waveform, but I feel like now we've sorted out of that, that keeper issue, because a lot of the time, it was David, like, we'll be playing, trying to play out from the back, and then David De Gea will just kick it away, and then the away fans will get, um, will get on it, because it's, like, close, it's a throw uh, into them, and it's close, and stuff like that, so I feel like we need to improve our way, form, whether we like it or not. And I feel like we've just improved our team. And once you improve your team, you like s- stuff that wasn't happening last year probably won't happen. And you can see a lot on the because a lot of the games we lost, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. Some some of them were completely outplayed. But a lot of them, we shot ourselves in the foot and we just didn't have a team that had a plan week in, week out. The they didn't know they are going to play this type of football. But I feel like this season, Ten Hag really wants to stamp his authority. He's got some players he wanted to have his football played in week in week out I feel like we played it in a couple games at home but away it was let's just try and manage this game and try and beat him on another counter or in transition but now I'm thinking Ten Hag's got his players, he wants to play his style of football and I feel like now, this, now is the season that we need to go in week in week out wherever we're at, wherever we're at, Anfield, wherever we're at um, Bramble Lane or whatever, we need to decide to play our type of football, so I feel like we can do this for either season, if we make the signings and get rid of some players, I feel like we can start to do that
0: and of course, you're um, back in the Champions League this season. Now, obviously, you haven't had much success in this tournament recently. But how are you feeling about that? About returning to Champions League and and getting back to the to the big time?
1: I'm excited because Man United won a lot of games last season. I mean, beat all of the top six. Like I know the season was so up and down because obviously the seven-year loss to you lot the 4-0 loss to Brentford, Brighton, all of that stuff, like 6-3 to City as well. Like, there were some crazy losses where you're thinking, okay, this has been a bad season. But we did win a lot of games. We beat Barcelona, we beat City, we beat Ulot, we beat Arsenal. Like, we beat good teams. So, Champions League, I'm quite excited. I feel like we haven't been in the quarters since 20... No, 2018, when we played Barcelona in the quarterfinals, because they would be yeah. sixteen the 2016, yeah. Barely watched it because I think we lost three 0 at the new camp, and it was just a terrible performance. But anyway, that was the last time we reached the quarters. I feel like this season we need quarters minimum because I've seen I don't think Man United had a bad team from last season. I feel like we're a better team than we were last season. And we beat Barcelona like I don't, I don't want to use Barcelona as a parameter for teams, but like we played well with the new camp and we with are the better team at Old Trafford. And I was thinking, okay, Barcelona are not that good of a team, but that's a good team. That's a team we'll be seeing in the Champions League, right? So if we can start to beat these teams, we obviously need to improve on our way form, but we've improved on our team. So I'm thinking, you know what? We might have something to say in the Champions League if we get an easy round, if we get an easy um, side of the tree, who knows? But I feel like Ten Hag's going to go for it. One thing Ten Hag, I think Ten Hag's just he, he wants to build a squad that wants to compete on it at all four fronts we're not going to go to the Champions League and be like, okay, let's just get out of the group stage and then see what happens. I feel like he's going to try and try and win. So, unless we face a city, a lot, which we won't face until the quarterfinals, I'm not, or maybe a Real Madrid, I don't think we beat Real Madrid over two legs. PSG, no one knows what's happening with PSG now that Neymar wants to leave. So, I'm looking at other teams, I'm thinking, we can beat you over two legs. It's literally just maybe a C and a Liverpool. Now, you know what, we can have you lot over two legs, Ooh. but right now I'm actually looking at yeah like it's it's City thinking it's just teams that I'm thinking okay what teams can we not have over two legs but you you just never know maybe I'm being a bit optimistic as a United fan but maybe and obviously Liverpool will be difficult at Anfield and whatever but there's not that many teams so I'm thinking you know what can you beat United over two legs
0: yeah uh, I think that to be honest I think Champions League most seasons how often do the favourites win it at the start of the year? I mean, Chelsea finished sixth and won the Champions League, um, you know, and they were nowhere near winning the league when they won the Champions League a couple of years ago. We finished fifth in 2005, won the Champions League. You know, no one had Biden win the Champions League at the start of the 2019-20 season. I think a lot of times it's a, it's a cup competition, and I think that 81 a day can win it. I think you, you, especially, you know, even I know it's a two-legged affair, but... You know, maybe more so back in the day, maybe when there was away goals. But even without that, I think it's, you know, it's why Ten Hag, you know, the year Ajax, when they beat, you know, in Madrid and Juventus in that, in that one season, which I personally think is the best ever Champions League season um, for the Barca and Ajax Spurs game, Liverpool, Barcelona, the Messi goal, all that time, I think that with Ten Hag, they've got experience of taking a team who wasn't fancy, getting them all the way to semi final, albeit there were some great players in that team. I think that he's got experience in that. I think it's not like he's someone who's untested. He's got experience in the Champions League. He's knocked out some big teams. knocked out the three consecutive Champions League winners at the time in Madrid. So I think that, and the players you've got, this is a good team. And I think that whilst I think the team would have benefited more from spending more on Kane, I think for long-term getting Holland in, is better. And I think, you know, you got, I think Shaw's a good left back on his day. Anano got the Champions League final last year with Inter Milan and was a big part of that. You know, the Rams won multiple Champions League with Real Madrid. Sandra Martinez has improved massively since the start of last season. You know, Rashford, I think Anthony's, there's a, a, a player there. I think there is a player in there in him. So I do feel like this, this team, if there's a dark horse attached to any team, they're probably one teams you can look at a Man new because the players are there. I think it's just mm. j- just to a new manager, a new system. So I, I think that, yeah, I think this team could easily be a dark horse. I'm, I'm not even, can't even deny that.
1: Oh, well, that is what I like to hear from rival fans. <laughs> that's what I like to hear. That. Like, we're getting somewhere because back in the day, it used to be, oh, we're not even talking about Man United in the Champions League. Let alone they could be a dark horse for it. So that's progression. I'm happy. I'm happy with that.
0: And then finally, we're going to go through the same segment as we do in our NFL podcast, but a bit shorter. Is prediction time for the table. So, Tony, where will Man U finish in the Premier League table this season?
1: Um, I'm going to say second. Okay. That's me being optimi- that's me being optimistic. I'm not going to say first because I don't think we're going to win the league. But if I'm looking from last season, we got we finished third with 76 points. I feel like with the signings we've made, I feel like that could be... an. I feel like the signings we made, we don't lose to Brighton at home like last season. We don't lose to West Ham away like last, last season. We don't lose to Villa away last season. We maybe don't lose to Brentford. We maybe turn those those losses into wins. So I'm looking at that. That's, OK, three, four games. That's an extra nine points. That's 85 points. I'm not sure what how the season will pan out, but if United are in around 85 points... That's the second, third. You're not gonna win the league at eighty five points anymore. But that's the second and third. So I can really see maybe I think we've improved enough to get nine more extra points than we did last season. So I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe second. I'm not sure, but if I'm being if I'm using that like equation, or if we can call it equation, if I'm using that um that example, I feel like we can finish second.
0: Well, that has you as our joint as optimistic fan. So you're joined with us, our City fan in Aaron Fletcher um, from the Sleep at Work podcast. Yeah, You both have your team finishing second. And then behind that, you've got Harry Scarfe, our Spurs fan, having his team finishing in fifth. And then scrolling down right at the bottom, we've got our Wolves fan, Tom Walton, with a 16th place finish. So, yeah, playing the ultimate City Mini Air for my new fans and for you especially. I wasn't even
1: optimistic this season, but I'm just thinking we can get nine more extra points than last season. So maybe that's a second or a third. I don't I don't see three teams getting above 85 points, but who knows? Who knows how the season's going to pan out?
0: Of course, and you can find out later on in the week because we are doing our annual season predictions episode where we give our predictions from the Premier League, Serie A, La Liga and Bundesliga, so, in that effort, you'll find out who I think is going to win the league and who I think is going to go down, amongst other categories. But that is where we'll end this podcast today. So thank you, Tony, for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: No problem at all. And we look forward to having you on again during the season. But in the meantime, this has been the Euro Trips Manchester United season preview. And we will see you guys next time.